I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Were there any people in your life who were like, I knew, and you're like, why didn't you tell me? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there were, people, there, there, there were people that were like, I wished, and now I'm happy. Okay. But... <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast whose hosts were called Cute by Jenna Lyons, and we're gonna live off that high forever. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with fashion icon Jenna Lyons, live even. What a coincidence that those two things happened in conjunction with each other. Who'd have thunk? Well, <sighs> we're just going to go straight into it uh, because there's so much to get to. Melody, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Hmm. I I got my booster shot. <laughs> Okay. Is that, I mean, very queer of a me. A lot to- of straight people got it, but sell me on it. Okay. Well, my booster experience was maybe gayer than the average, we'll say. Okay. Because Allie and I went to get boosted together. Okay. Already pretty queer. Um, we went to a walk-in facility. Allie got there a little earlier than me. So she had already gotten her shot. She brought, um, baby Lena, you know who that is, this adorable baby, um, that, uh, she nannies and um, she just, 
thought she should stop by she found a place that was taking walk-ins and she texted me but she had to get her shot she couldn't wait for me she had to get this baby down for a nap so Mm -hmm. um she got there like 10 minutes before me and just sort of told me where to go i have to go through lots of uniformed military men to get into the facility i'm yucking it up with them um they're joking around like oh you're here to get vaccinated it'll be 50 dollars." i'm like you guys stop oh i'm making everybody laugh they're making me laugh a very pleasant experience everyone there was genuinely excited it seemed but what happened was i go into the first room to submit my information paperwork make sure everything's okay they tell me to go down two doors to the left. I accidentally go one door to the left and I accidentally find myself in the holding room, not the vaccine room. And I see Allie and baby Lena in there um, waiting there 15 minutes before they can be released. And I'm immediately stopped by uh, a man in army garb. Um, And he's like, no, 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 this, you got to go to the other room. You, you, this is the holding room. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Can I just say hi to my girlfriend and my baby friend, though? <laughs> and he doesn't answer me. And he's like, no. <laughs> like his body language said no. And I just slinked around him and went over to Allie and kissed her and kissed baby Lena and was like, hey, guys. OK, see you tonight, hon. Bye. <laughs> and then went off and got my vaccine. Just everyone staring at me. Um, I don't know. Something about telling a man in uniform, I just need to go kiss my girlfriend real quick. Gotta be yeah. the gayest thing of the week. Right. Sorry. I that's all I have to draw. To ask. Isn't that? Don't ask. <laughs> don't ask. Don't, yeah. And don't tell me what to do. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of a tweet I saw by this comedian, uh, Cyrus McQueen, I think is his name about he went to get his shot with his wife, but they were in two separate lines, I think, for different shots, whatever. And his wife had um, a baby. So they're in separate lines. And everybody's like commenting on the baby, how cute the baby is, whatever. And he's done getting his shot and goes up to his wife. But like, nobody knows it's his wife. And he's like, ma'am, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yes. Uh, actually, you've um, seen this baby. This baby looks like it could be my baby. Possibly, yes, yes. yes. There's a yeah. little like melanin. Um, yeah. yeah, it looked like our baby. Um, yeah. Until I said my baby friend. <laughs> I don't think mothers refer to their babies that way but (laughs) planning a big old smooch on my girlfriend in front of um a room full of people clutching their sore arms i loved it well count it count it what about you carolyn what's the gayest thing you did this week i mean this was technically last week but we haven't recorded it in a while and it felt so gay that i'm like this is gonna have to be my next gayest thing i was on a vacation in punta cana with cecilia for a few days we went for her birthday and We were at an all-inclusive resort and had a game going on the whole time of counting lesbians for points. So anytime uh, it's whoever spots them first gets the point. Uh, Immediately when we got there, we were waiting for a room to get ready and we sat down at a bar and right away I clocked 
a lesbian. I'm like, that is mm. definitely a lesbian sitting at a bar. And then her girlfriend joined her. And so I said, Cecilia, I'm like, oh, found the first ones. And she's like, okay, two points for you. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's a game now. Then, so then like anytime we saw two women together, because mostly at those resorts, it's going to be couples. But sometimes you can tell if it's like a group of couples and then like it's just like the friends hanging out. Mm-hmm. So then there were two who came where one looked straight. I don't, they weren't together, but the other one, I'm like, I'm getting bisexual here. So I'm like, eavesdrop, I'm like, based on the bathing suit, based on, I definitely. What is a bisexual bathing suit? (laughs) It was like a little sporty, but like a little femme. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And just curious, I'm looking for a new one. Look, she was there. She was there for all the gazes. Okay. She was there to get scoped out by all of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm like eavesdropping. And then, you know, we've been to to this resort before. We've never seen so many lesbians. And at one point, Cecilia says to one of the staff there about like, oh, there's more lesbians than normal. And then this person was like, yeah, I think there are five lesbian couples. Like, so they're keeping track of, of how many. Of course. But then it got too complicated because it's like sometimes I would see them or I would see a couple spot them, count it for me. And then Cecilia would see the same ones later and be like, oh, count it. I'm like, no, no, those are the ones I saw earlier. And she's like, how can we verify this? It was getting. And then I would see like one alone. And I'm like, nah, like they don't need to be partnered up for me to know. That's a hundred footer. Uh, definitely gay. And then we would see them later with their partner and then Cecilia would be like, Oh, two points for me. I'm like, Mm-mm, one, uh, it became this whole thing. I don't know. I'm very competitive. Yeah. And then I was like, it's her birthday. I'm going to let her have this. I'm going to stop counting. <laughs> That's my gift to her. I'm going to let her win. It's her the birthday lesbian. Trip. Yeah. Oh, my favorite game. Yeah, it was great. And then we also met, um, a couple of like gay guy couples and, and we're hanging. So it, it was good. It was good to have that queerness that normally when we go to this place, it's usually just uh, the straight. So that's the gayest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole new meaning to all inclusive, huh? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I had to. Oh, I love that. Yes. I'm so glad you did. Thank you. What a very special episode we have. Today, you're going to be hearing our live recording of Diking Out with the iconic Jenna Lyons. Uh, while president and executive creative director of J. Crew Group, Jenna was widely recognized as the creative force behind the brand's phenomenal rise from floundering catalog chain to one of the most coveted fashion brands in the country. Can you tell that I didn't write this? Uh, (laughs) She's now the co-founder and CEO of the beauty brand Love Scene, as well as the executive producer and star of Stylish with Jenna Lyons on HBO Max, which Melody, I know you love and binge. I'm still getting through it. I love it, though. I mean, we need more Jenna Lyons. And Mm -hmm. you'll hear in this interview our our pitches for how that could happen. Uh, Just a heads up, though, the audio, it was captured at a live event. So it's going to sound a little bit different than usual, but stick with it. You're going to love it. Let's get to it. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, everybody, for coming here. How are we doing tonight? Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Is your mouth it's on, right? It's on. It's we on. did it. We figured it out. Welcome. This is uh, a recording of Diking Out. How many of you have heard of Diking Out before? 
All right. Thank you. Polite Arresting. hand raises. I love. I love it. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a little bit of a mixed crowd. Some people heard about this through the wing. Who heard about this through the wing? All right. You can be loud about it. Be loud for the wing. How about the wing, this beautiful space, letting us use it to host this very queer podcast that anybody can listen to. Yes. Um, some of you may be wondering, can I say the name of the podcast? It depends on the context, okay? If you do not identify it that way, you can say it in like, Diking Out is my new favorite podcast. That's the context you That's can use acceptable, it in. yeah. Yeah. What about if they're leaving a negative review? No. Oh, you're suddenly homophobic. You can't use that word. I'm you so sorry. You can't use any of the words in the acronym. You're just like striking out there. Um, Here. You can, if you're like, oh my gosh, those dykes on stage are so cute and funny. You can say that. Welcome. You're, yeah. Use it. We, we love that. If you call me a dyke at Thanksgiving, uh, you're my mom. That's, yikes. Hmm? She's supportive, a little too supportive. She, <laughs> she throws around the word a lot. All right. Wow. She says it with a hard K, yes. doesn't she? Yeah. A little too hard. <laughs> so I'm Carolyn Berger. and Melody Kamali. Hey. We're diking out. And we're doing this special live recording. We've been recording over Zoom for way too long. Who knows? The concept of time is lost on both of us. It's Truly. been six years, I think. Uh, six or seven in uh, Zoom land. Zoom I, I we haven't know. even we recorded count. in person with a guest. And we went straight to live. Straight to live. <laughs> I'm so excited. Because we have a very special guest tonight who I don't think needs any introduction because I think all of you are here to see her, unless you're here to see us, and that's kind of cute. We love that. Just love you it. guys can say dyke. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anytime you want. Um, but please, welcome to the stage, uh, the incredible, inspiring, Jenna Lyon. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, yeah a round of applause again for, for Jenna. We ask all of our guests, and we need to know, like, right away from you, what is the gayest thing you did this week? We're dying to know. You want me to talk about it in, in public? Yes. Into a microphone, I'm onto sure a recording. You guys can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's think back I mean, on past answers. Um, We've had. Allison Bechdel said something with lentils. And then she left like it at literally. that, and that's acceptable. Yeah, it could be it. anything. A lot of cat answers. Yep. Any any fans of cats here? A lot of like, all right, give it up for cats. Chopping wood answers. A lot of that's um, just me. That's just you. me talking about chopping wood all the time. I moved upstate. I mean, I wore a tie. Uh, does that count? Okay, I was just gonna say, Jenna. like, we're expecting a chic answer from you, and that's it. Yeah, we haven't gotten that one weirdly. We haven't. Yeah. Why aren't we wearing more ties, people? I don't. I almost wore one tonight, and then I was like, that's a little obvious, but. Well, speaking of speaking obvious, that, speaking yeah, of that, of oh. obvious of outfits, um, there's something, Jenna, that we need to get out of the way immediately, or else we won't be able to stop thinking about it. This feels really personal. Okay, like, yeah. Jenna. Oh no! What's wrong with our outfits? What did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? <laughs> How could we have done better? Oh my god! <laughs> Just tell us. It's okay. We're friendly. You look great. What are you talking about? I mean, I but, could but, use like, a what, little what more you cleavage you from you. That's just the way I roll. But Sorry. Like, more cleavage, man. More cleavage. More. Yeah, uh, that's my girlfriend clapping loud for that one. Uh, 
See, she Allie said the I, same thing. Allie, and Allie knows what's up. Allie, I should have listened. <laughs> you know what? Um, I've been binging your show, and I've stylish. never worn stylish. Hello, we've Why heard of it. We know it. Stylish with Jenna Lyons on HBO Max. Stream, stream, stream. I have never worn a coverall before. I have thought I could never pull them off, and I saw you wearing... Many, Many on the show. Um, I put a like white button down on under this because I saw you do right. that, and then I wasn't sure about it, and I bounced the idea off of Allie. And Allie and I typically disagree on style, so she wanted it, and so I was like, well, "Then that must be wrong," <laughs> and I took it off. <laughs> uh, how, how long have you guys been together? Five and a half years. Okay, oh, yeah. it's going well. Okay. <laughs> it's going well. We disagree there, though, on style. But, yeah, I guess I should listen to Allie across the board. Cleavage and the white button down under it next time. Great. Please. Okay. It will work for me, too. I mean, right. Allie and I will talk about other things we might want you to do. But oh! <laughs> yes, she's into it. This is off to a great start, you guys. Uh, okay, what could I do better? The only thing, I like cleavage, but I like it ankle and chest. So maybe I'd like to see your ankles. Oh, yeah. Time to get the pants hemmed. And then I had to buy these high heels. I never wear heels. Never. This is like very straight of me. And I'm wearing, I'm walking like a giraffe. It's horrible. <laughs> it is a funny. It. There's nothing more adorable than watching someone like claw to plaza room when they can't really walk in heels. On it's, Mercer. It's adorable. <laughs> On cobblestone. No, it's not. I mean, it's so cute. <laughs> All right, well, it's always bad when it's like the end of the night and you can see people who are like, like literally like clumping. It's, it's my favorite yeah. thing. Okay. okay well, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought. I am sweating. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Great. We got that out of the way. <laughs> but I think that was we... more painful for me than it was for you. <laughs> Just wait. Buckle up. Mm. <laughs> Should we just like dive into it? Let's dive into Let's it. Dive yeah. Into I mean, it. you're on the Dyke Now podcast and uh, I'm obsessed with you. We've read countless interviews. We've that listened wasn't the to podcasts. No, that's the question. It's a statement. We're obsessed okay. with you. Yes. We Thanks. we never hear enough about your coming out story. Okay. Great. You probably think we heard too much about your coming out story. But not enough for us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we like to know. I mean, Let's start with like, how it started. Yeah. You were famously oh, okay. outed. Yeah. Um, meaning the part where it actually like came out, not me figuring it out. Oh, my God. Let's rewind back. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go Eight. back. Okay. Um, what did she look like? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's well documented, but I can talk about it. Jo- you don't know what Jodie Foster looks like? <laughs> I'm just like she, assuming. She, I, I mean, there was a moment in Bad News Bears and like Tatum O'Neill. I was like, huh. Why do I want to watch this over and over and over again? There, it didn't. It didn't occur to me. But I, um, <laughs> I was getting ready to. I was. I had a really co- close friend, and I realized that my marriage was to a man was sort of falling apart. I had a young child, and I remember on my 40th birthday, I had this huge party in my backyard, and all of my friends were there. My, I had this beautiful home. I had a great job. I had this beautiful child, and I remember standing on my balcony. And all I could feel was like, I don't want to live like this for the next 40 years. Like, I knew something was wrong in my core, and I don't think I could have told you what was wrong. I didn't know. And I just, like, stood there, and I, like, felt like crying. And I was like, I should have, from the outside looking in, I had everything you could possibly want. And I just knew something was off. And I thought it was just my marriage. Little did I know it was my sex life. Mm. um, And though I think, um, and then so I started telling my close friend about, you know, the fact that I think I wanted to separate from my husband and he's a wonderful man and he, like, 
there was nothing wrong. It wasn't, it was just not right. And, um, and I remember talking to her about it. There were, you know, there were things going on, but I think they were all symptomatic of the bigger problem, which was like, we just weren't properly suited for each other in a way that was much deeper than I realized at the time. And I remember asking her during dinner one night, I'm like, so, like, what do girls do? Like, how does it, like, <laughs> work? Like, really work? And she started to tell me, and by the end of the conversation, I was like, <laughs> deep breathing, sweating, and I was like, wow, why? what's happening? And I didn't, I didn't know. And I realized at the end of the dinner, like, I was like, I wanted to kiss this person, and I didn't understand what was going on. And, like, I really did not, I mean, like, hello, I was 43 years old, and I had no fucking clue what was happening to me. And I just kind of, it all just kind of fell apart and unraveled very quickly. I had asked my husband for a divorce probably three weeks later. Um, she and I sort of, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't related to her. It was just like, everything was already happening on that front. It wasn't, you know, I didn't make that decision in a quick way. It was it had been going on for a while. But in that moment, I realized that there was something just, deeply missing for me and um and so we started to spend a lot of time together and we had dinner together one night at a restaurant probably about a month later and um you know it's one of those things where you know people are always like oh people you know when someone's into someone else because we didn't we weren't kissing at the table we weren't like getting down like I was clothed for the most part <laughs> as much as I ever am <laughs> And somebody called the New York Post and said that we had been at an intimate dinner. And I got a call on the loudspeaker at J. Crew. Um, and I heard my name being dialed, Jenna, dial 8001, which is my boss and the head of our PR firm, our PR internal PR. And uh, my boss were on the call and they said, we've got a call from the New York Post that you are seeing a woman. Would you like to confirm or deny? And I just remember all the blood rushing into my face. I had not told my mother. I had not told my ex-husband. I didn't really know myself. I, it was a month into this thing. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And, um, and I heard the words come out of my mouth of confirm. Brave. Brave. Give her a round of applause. Brave. Coworkers. I cannot, (laughs) yeah. So there you have it. It kind of happened to me before I had to then very quickly tell my family, tell my ex-husband, tell, I couldn't tell my child, he was only four and a half. Um, I told my, everyone at my office, and I think the one thing I can honestly say that I'm like deeply, deeply grateful is that everyone in my office, the team, Mickey, my, my boss, was like deeply supportive. And that, you know, I know people have had horrible stories of coming out and people have been cruel. They've been, you know, sort of, you know, ostracized or, or made to feel like less than. And if anything, it was the opposite. I think I was really embraced and I feel really grateful for that. Amazing. Were, were there any people in your life who were like, I knew, and you're like, why didn't you tell me? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there were Heavens, people, that, there were people that were like, I wished, and now I'm happy. Okay. But <laughs> um, I mean, that's up. There's, there, there was one, you know, I think, I think Courtney, who I ended up seeing, had suspected in a way, but I think, um, I think probably that came from just, you know, maybe the way I was looking at her and not even realizing what I was. Yeah. I remember reading about that and um, noting what restaurant you were at, which is directly across the street from the cubbyhole. Yes. <laughs> Interesting that, like, you were yeah, just... okay. <laughs> so close. Did you make it over there, or was it just... <laughs> I did, but not that night. Okay. 
I've always wanted to know. Yeah, I went there once. <laughs> and, and can you tell us what you were telling us before about being in the cubbyhole for the first time? Uh, sure. <laughs> we love it. We love okay. it. Um, I grew up in California in a small town, and then I moved to New York, and I ended up in fashion school. And all I knew were gay men. Like, I didn't really know that women were gay. I, I sort of knew, but the women that were gay, in the way that I had seen them, it was so not part of mainstream America. They were only ever portrayed or as like real butch dykes and and like I'm all for it, but I didn't like connect that it could be me. Like, it just was like, oh, I'm not that person, so that's not something that's there for me. And so I'd never really experienced like a out gay female community at all. And so I just remember the first time Courtney and I went to the cubby hole, we just sat there and I remember thinking, this is fucking amazing. Like, you know, I had never seen women openly like attracted to each other and kissing each other and touching each other and flirting. It was incredible. I mean, I don't know if any of you watch like Cell Block H. I'm like so old, but I, there's a, it was a show about women. It was basically the original Orange is the New Black, like in my day, like, nice. like when you had like a television, you had to turn the channel on manually. Yes, that <laughs> happened. And I, like, it was like one of those things where that was like the, the only flirting I ever saw between women. And I was like, this is cool. But it was like, I was vibrating. I was so excited. I was like, okay, cool, like, when do I get to do this, you know? But I, of course, could not. I had to be, like, so, you know, because I was in this weird situation in my pers- in my professional life. I had to be right. really careful. But you must have been surrounded by queerness, but just, like, gay men. Like, you were in New York in the late 80s, right? You must have, like, maybe gone to a ballroom show or at least been, like, around oh. that culture, the Paris is burning of it all. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I used to go to all of those underground, like, all of that, the whole Vogue era. I went to all of those balls. It was amazing, but it's a totally different culture. Right. It's not... I. A lot of it isn't the most welcoming or respectful to women. It's almost like a it's almost like a parody of women in a way. Mm. And I, don't get me wrong, I had a great time and all my friends were gay male friends. Like, that was great. But I didn't realize how not female friendly it was. (laughs) Some of it, not all of it, but some of it. Yeah, similar experience, just mostly, I was always the hag. figuring it out. I mean, we're all like, you know, all of the men in my life too were like coming out and figuring it out and exploring the world. So it was, we were all just figuring our shit out. We Mm -hmm. didn't know what the hell we were doing. (laughs) What have been some of the biggest changes that you've noticed in your life since coming out? Hmm. Um, I think... Better sex? For shit, sure. (laughs) We were all thinking it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, all of the things that people say are true. I think I didn't realize how much I played to men. Um, And not just men in the workforce, but in the bedroom, in the way I dressed, in the way that I maneuvered. Our culture is set up towards, you know, men and their opinion of you and the way that they view you and the way that you win their favor and or not. Um, and so much of it is based on, you know, and I witnessed it and experienced it and did it, like flirting and, you know, it's, it exists and it's very real. And I have really shifted that dramatically. And I didn't realize until I was sort of on the other side of it how much I had been playing to it. And it's been a big shift for me. Yeah, um, you'd mentioned you weren't that aware of lesbian culture before coming out, now that you're in it. Um, what has, like, the learning curve been like? Like, what 
Are are there any stereotypes that ring true? Oh like, did you have to go to Wikipedia and I mean, be like, the what is the U-Haul L word? One? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> the, which one? I, the U-Haul one? Oh, the like, U-Haul what does one. a lesbian bring to a first date? A U-Haul? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yes. <laughs> U-Haul, like, move in. Like, of course. Like, I don't... Yes, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, have you guys seen the SNL skit of, like, you know, I, when the fi- Fire Island... Yes. Cherry yes. Cherry oh, Grove. we've got some of my Fire Island crew here. Uh, yes. And I we mean, watched I, that together I, in Cherry Grove. Well, I so... It's funny because I'm such an asshole that I wanted a, I wanted a, a beachside pool. And so they don't really that? exist very much in Cherry Grove. I right. think there's like four and they were already rented. So I rented in the Pines. So I had oh, man. both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so when that skit came out, for those of you who don't know what that skit is, it's literally like all these lesbians being like, I have five babies who have came from water birth. Can you please hold it down? Yeah. And the guys are like, <laughs> and that literally it was exactly that. I like yeah. literally had a house next to this party house and I found myself like literally going next door to the juice and be like, you guys, I have two children. Could you say okay? <laughs> oh God. It's like, yes, the stereotypes exist. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I still find myself not that steeped in it and it's part of the reason I'm here tonight is because someone gave me shit and said I don't do enough for the gay community and I was like it wasn't me oh <laughs> that's not how we got her on oh really bad I got called <laughs> out I was like okay I'm gonna do it so yeah um yeah I mean I and I also like I it was a lot it took me a long time to have like a group of like female friends who were it just didn't happen overnight and I was also like in the beginning too I was I had to be so careful I couldn't change my life too much um because i was just being looked at and i was you know at the helm of a major american brand and i had to be careful i I was very guarded in the first at least five years makes sense did you find that your um your fashion choices changed at all yeah of course (laughs) um you know i think like i said i i think i i dressed more to please men in the beginning than i did to please women or myself and and I also, I did what I thought they viewed as attractive or sexy. And I realized the more I sat into myself, the better I felt. And the more, ironically, the more attention I got from men. <laughs> I was like, sorry, guys, it's not happening. <laughs> but I love that you still dress, like, you play with femininity. And, like, it seems like since coming out on, at least on the show, the, the tool is still there. But it's with, like, a blazer. Now. <laughs> like, you know, I still like that it's incorporated. I think... I think that I, my hope is that this whole idea of femininity and masculinity is deeply blending already. I mean, I think to even have a conversation about femininity, you have to talk about masculinity because the fact matters. I, I remember reading this, I, you know, the definition. If you read the definition of masculinity in the dictionary, it's really fucking pathetic. It really, it talks about aggression and power and it, and that's not what a man is. It's not what a man is made of. And it's the same thing for women. Like we're not just, pretty or heels or red lipstick like there's so many dimensions and I like when things blur together I think what I find the most attractive is that middle space where people are sort of like you kind of don't totally know exactly what's happening like that I find hot right same (laughs) same here (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh are we done oh no Oh, no, no, no. Well, I do. I have a question. (laughs) This might be problematic of me. I famously (laughs) don't like the pride flag. And I think that's okay. Something about those colors stacked against each other 
has never been aesthetically pleasing to me. I actually think all flags are ugly, right? We agree on that. Uh, God we, hates flags. Yeah, God hates flags. Okay. 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 We were okay. wondering if you could redesign the pride flag. What would that look like? Yeah, redesign it right now. Please redesign the flag. <laughs> Um, okay. Describe a beautiful flag. Um, <laughs> so she hates I mean, us. I mean, she hates us. We can, we do, we I don't know. I mean, off. no, first of all, I have to say, I don't disagree with you. I'm not the biggest fan. Like, I don't, and it's not that I, I appreciate what the flag stands for, obviously. It's just right, not, but no. it's, it's not in your window. Well, I appreciate like, a rainbow in the wild, but just the harshness of the colors blocked against each other, I don't know. A lot of people like to overcompensate how okay with my sexuality they are, especially my girlfriend's family, by just like showering us with rainbow-themed gifts. So every wow. Christmas, I pack up a suitcase back to New York with heinous... Allie. <laughs> Pride paraphernalia. Oh, my God. No one's ever given me a single ounce of... Well, you can have... Clearly. Well, you know why. Mine untouched, oh unworn. No, no, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. So, thanks so much. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Lately, more and more over the last few years, I've been like, we got to do better. Um, I don't disagree. With what we're sporting. Yeah. Pride-wise. Yeah. I don't... I think the bigger... The thing for me is, like, it's sort of, like, almost like a rote idea where it's like red orange yellow green it's like very formulaic and i don't love that like it mm -hmm. doesn't feel inspired it feels kind of like oh it's a rainbow all colors of the world like it looks like somebody was not gay made the flag which i kind of don't love yeah <laughs> but exactly i'm not going to design it right this second okay but if sure. you pay me a lot of money i'll think <laughs> about it all right so you'll get back to us great great <laughs> are you ready to shop rakuten's big give week is back Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
the listeners, and definitely not me, um, are very interested in your dating life. Definitely um, not us. <laughs> uh, they're just dying to know, like, what has dating been like for you since coming out? Ah. I mean, I haven't really, I never really have dated, which is sort of funny. I mean, I may be, like, a little bit, but I started dating someone, like, literally went from, you know, I, it happened publicly. I started, I was with Courtney for seven years, and then I, um, and then I separated from her, and started seeing someone else, which I'm not really public about for a lot of reasons, but, um, and so, yeah, I hadn't really had a lot of dating. I've had a few really bad one-night stands. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the I worst I don't know how to do that. <laughs> if you're comfortable. I don't know how to do that. I'm like, yeah. I literally, like, I'm like, okay, just do, do, do you do it. I don't know what to do. I can't do it on a one-night like that. I don't know what I'm doing. It's, like, so weird. I'd, it's, like, the difference, I think, and that's one of the things I think is so different from, at least for me, from men to women. It's like, with a woman, it's like you want to understand what's going on and what works. And there's so much more intimacy involved in like figuring out someone's body. Whereas I know how to perfunctorily like put a dick in the hole. I got that part. <laughs> but like the other stuff is much just more complicated. Just basic geometry. Just, ba just the basic stuff I got. <laughs> I don't know how it works, so um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't. I guess let's uh, we'll switch gears a little bit, and right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit more about your career, but also like still make it gay. Uh, so, That's so what we do <laughs> now that you're out and like more comfortable in your your sexuality. Have you noticed um, differences in how it's affected you professionally and the way that that you work with people? Um, I don't know if it's affected the way I work with people. I think it's probably affected the way people work with me. Mm, good answer. Um, you know, I think, I think people, particularly men, there, there is this unusual thing that, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it, that men love this idea that they can't have you, and so then they really want to think that they're the ones who can turn you. Yeah. And that really works for some people, and it's really fucking fun to play around. Like, <laughs> I mean... It's really interesting, and I think that that has been a really different level of, like where I spent so much time pleasing or trying to please or trying to fit into a norm or a standard that was set for me, I, the tables have turned, um, and now they're sort of like, it's a different dynamic, and it's kind of amazing. Um, you know, I think in terms of the women situation, I think the hard part is I was always really affectionate with women. Like, mm. I will touch my friend's boobs and like kiss them. Never not. I have to be careful because I'm like, that's not appropriate. Um, you know, and so there, that is something I have to be really careful of. Um, you know, I think, uh, and I am really cognizant of that. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it's probably had more of an impact on the way people approach me than anything else. Right. Well, speaking of women, <laughs> we're not going back to the personal lives. <laughs> Sorry, guys. What leadership skills are, do you think are unique to women? Have you noticed in your career? I think women listen a lot differently. They're a lot more attentive. I think one of the things that I notice, and I've noticed this early on in my career, is that you're nothing without team. You're nothing without the people that you work with. You can be the smartest person in the room, and if you cannot convince someone of your idea or you cannot bring them along, you have nothing. You are just unto yourself in an island. And so I find that women are a little bit more 
attuned and take the time to find that attunement. And it can be really beneficial in terms of galvanizing a team, getting people to really work, or seeing a problem before it happens and not letting something run amok. And I think that is, um, now, on the flip side, it can also be a little bit over, you know, boundaryless, guilty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and that can also, you know, wanting to fix things and wanting to, you know, if something goes wrong, oh, okay, yeah, I can fix it. And I think there's, that's the flip side, which again, I've done all of those things. So, um, you know, I think everyone has their, their strengths and weaknesses, and I think that's a mass generalization, obviously, but it's a, a trend I seem to notice and, and also part, partook in. <laughs> right. I mean, your career has been so uh, incredible, and you spent 27 years at J.Crew. What was, like, one of the highlights for you while you were there that you're, like, most proud of? Or I mean, there were so many. It's a long time. It's, like, probably as long as most of you have been alive looking at I remember Thank I went, at you. one time I remember one time so interviewing much. a girl and I realized that I'd been a J Crew like literally longer than she'd been on the earth. Like and I was like, this is <laughs> this is kind of weird. I mean I think, you know, there's no question, um, you know, when the Obamas went into office and we were able to dress the family numerous times was pretty pretty special, I think, for a whole host of reasons, not just for from a career standpoint, but just like it felt so incredible to be a part of something that felt so like much about change, like a positive change. It was it's so exciting, you know? I mean, I think not just from the fact that they were, you know, they were obviously like a family that showed that this country could actually like step out of their, well, at least I, we thought, <laughs> step out of some of, I think, what their historical beliefs were, but also that we could, you know, in his inaugural speech, he talked about gay marriage openly. Like the fact that we put into the office, you know, an African-American president and family and at the inaugural speech, they were talking about gay marriage. I was like, this is, this felt really momentous. Of course, then we know what happened after that. And now so it's much. gone the other direction. But um, I think that was very exciting. And I think to be a part of it felt really, really special. And then I would say the other highlight that was sort of party to that was I got to go to the White House multiple times and dance with them. I saw Prince. He oh was four God. feet away from me. Stevie Wonder, I cried, like literally cried. Got to dance with Barack Obama and Michelle and Mo oh, It was what incredible. What did they smell like? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay. I'm going to let that one go. Um, it was incredible. And I think, you know, and then, and then the rest of it was just like, you know, there were many moments along the way of like J.Crew going public was really exciting, you know. And the part that was really the best was like, when I would go into an airport and I would stand in the middle of the airport and watch people go by and I'm like, oh, I worked on that. Oh, we made that. Oh, that's something. Like that never stopped feeling good. It's really incredible to like make something and put it out in the world and know that people actually spent the money that they worked hard for and bought something that you helped create. Like that's a really incredible feeling. So impressive. Just such a tenure. I know as millennials, I don't, we're used to a lot of friends being like, Oh, I put in a few years here. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> like uh, 27 years. I know. I read somewhere that when you were promoted, um, computers were just being implemented into <laughs> the workspace. So, but then you had someone like handling that, and then from there you always had people handling. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tech. I think we can I have, just, we can I, have I, Kat come up here and talk about this one. This works with me. <laughs> No, it's not. It's true. So I, I mean, I started at JCrew in 1990. I did not have a computer until 1994. So we did everything by fax. And I also was a designer. I was sketching. So I had no connection to computers. And then I got promoted in 1995. A year later, I, I had a computer on my desk for email alone, like literally. And you should have seen that. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly. And then I had an assistant, and that assistant's job was to do all that stuff for me. And so literally, I'm not joking, the person who works with me now, Melina, the other day, she watched me try to figure out how to use a trackpad. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a trackpad for you right now, and we want to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Over the years, how would you say that your uh, your sense of um, design, both in fashion but also in general, because you're very into like interior design too, right? How how has that evolved? What's been the journey? I mean, I think you know I'm just old, and <laughs> I think what happens over time is you know when you're young and you're tr you just want to try everything. You know, I I wanted to experience everything, whether it be color or print or sequins or like I just wanted it all I was voracious and wanted to try everything I possibly could and I also like I love a lot of things like I get really excited about color and pattern and fabric it still works for me like to this day um, and so but I think now I've sort of settled on like a core group of things that like really like speak to me and I'm not as you know I'm exploratory but not in the same way I was I've sort of like just gotten old <laughs> I have so many shoes and I wear like five pair and like the same thing. It's like my literally my the woman who does my laundry. I know it sounds awful to say that, but someone does my laundry and she laughs at me because she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't say anything to me. She just laughs and like the same things are on the floor every single time. She, I know. I'm like, I know. I can't help it. I like, so I have my, I have my things have just gotten, my world has gotten a little smaller in my visual world, but I yeah. am still obsessed with all things sequins and feathers and tweed and can't help myself. Well, you've probably seen a lot of design trends come and go and stick oh. to your <laughs> tried and truths. Can oh. you tell us what design trends you've seen that you hate? Whoever invented capri pants for men. Oh, yeah. What, what the fuck happened there? It was weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, just, there's not a, a moment where it was good. Like, not a moment, not one. I don't know how that, like, happened. What about the cuffing of the pant? We're seeing this a lot in Brooklyn, at least where I am. Um, <laughs> a lot of you make it sound like it's a third world country. <laughs> I don't know. I Brooklyn. feel like I'm in a different world and on Mercer here, but um, <laughs> it, the pants are getting higher right now for men. But they're not capris. They're cuffed. I mean, I th listen, I... I just have a real problem with man pre's. It's always been an issue for me. Okay. I also didn't really enjoy like the whole muffin top era, and I'm not a I'm not a huge fan Back. of like, of, like I just don't really love bell bottom pants. Like I love a wide leg pant. I'm just like not. I just never been my thing. But I'm also really tall, and I can't really wear them, so I might be a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of th there's a lot of things I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me. A friend of mine wanted me to ask you where do you get your pants because she's also tall. <laughs> like every pair, like not. <laughs> we don't have to go I could send them over all, like a checklist. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, in what are some good places, Ugh. fashionable places to shop for those of us who are like vertically inclined? I, well, I, I shop in the men's section. Men's pants are so my favorite pair Better of pants. Pockets. Favorite pair of pants that I wear pretty much every day are like Dickies, and they come in a long length. Oh yeah. And they are twenty nine dollars, and they look cute. Write it down. Take yeah, notes. What are you guys doing? But the old school men's one, don't get the women's one. The women's ones are too nipped in the waist. And don't get any of the other ones that are like stretch or anything like that. They're not cute. But the old school men's one is so good. Since leaving J. Crew, you've embarked on a lot of uh, different 
projects. What have been um, some of the biggest challenges for you transitioning out of J. Crew and into all these like various my trackpad? You're doing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's so many. I think going from a corporate job where like literally I. I had someone who helped with, like, I could pick up the phone and get anything. Like, if I needed more water delivered to my office, if I needed to have something done with my computer, if I needed to have chairs moved to someplace, if I needed to figure out why, you know, if I needed to set up a meeting to talk about, like, I had people to do everything. And now I look around and I'm like, <laughs> where is everyone? <laughs> it's like, there's not a lot of people. And we're all, like, doing 10 things. And I can't just be like, hey, um, I can't really figure out how to send this attachment. So um, can you help me out? I, it's, like, just a very different world. I'm not, like, I had, over time, gotten really skilled at doing a lot of things and pushing a lot of, like, so when, by the time I left, I was overseeing Madewell, J. Crew, and Factory. So it was three different brands. It was three different creative teams, three different, you know, we had catalog of J. Crew and on e-com, we had the same thing for, we didn't have catalog for Madewell or, or um, Factory, but we had two e-com teams. We had finance team, we had a marketing team. So there was a lot, my day was crazy, but I'd gotten really good at like flipping through cataloging, like, okay, what's next, what's next, and, and doing a lot of different things in one day. But I realized I wasn't good at doing anything deep. I sort of moved away from that skill set because it takes training to kind of get yourself to pull up and pull up and pull up. And then all of a sudden I was back down and I was like, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's been so hard, so, so hard. And also really humbling to like be the one who's like, I don't mind changing the toilet paper, but I just like forget. And people are like asking me where the toilet paper is. I'm like, right, let me get that for you. Um, it's just, it's it's good for me. It's really good. It's also like I was scared to not be able to do things on my own, and so having to figure them out is good for me, you know, especially at my age. Like, God, I need to fucking figure shit out. Would you ever go back? Not to J. Crew specifically, but, like, to that, that world? I, I honestly don't think so. I think that um, the one thing that I did not, that I appreciate now is that, you know, when you get to that level, you spend most of your time dealing with, employee issues, you know, someone going out on maternity leave, someone who's unhappy with their boss, someone who's unhappy with you, someone who's unhappy with everyone. There's always something going on. And I, I just spent a lot of time putting out fires and, and it became very political and not because people were bad, but just because it's the way it works. There's so many people and people are humans. They have needs, wants, desires, babies, part-times, divorces, and like they impact their ability to do their job. And Sometimes teams really work well. Sometimes people aren't suited for their job. And I just, that was most of what I was doing. And I'd lost connection to like the process. And I'm much, I'm happier now. I'm not making as much cash. <laughs> so if you want me to redesign that flag, I can totally do this <laughs> We're on but it. I'm, but I'm actually, I really like, I enjoy being more connected to what I'm doing and the process and I have more time to breathe and think. I don't think I was doing that at all when I was at J.Crew. I was just moving so fast. Luckily, you found people that you liked there and took with you to your new venture. Yes. <laughs> we got to meet on Stylish with Jenna Lyons. I loved your dynamic so much. Thank you. Um, it does seem like you do need to take on more, though, as individuals, right? Because you don't have all those departments. Yes. It was, it was, I mean, the show was, I mean... <laughs> We'd never worked together that way, um, and so it was 
it was a unique, it was a very unique experience. And, and I learned a lot. It was also the first time in my life that like they were filming my life, but I had no control over, they, they didn't report to me. So like I had this whole crew of people who are in my apartment and in my office, but I don't, they don't report to me. So like if they didn't do something I wanted them to do or they did something I didn't want them to do, I had to go and talk to someone else. <laughs> I was not very good at that. <laughs> Took me a while to figure that out. Uh, it was a really unusual experience. But yes, Kyle and Sarah are like both two like of my favorite people on the planet. I adore them. Yeah. Okay, if if someone were looking to improve their sense of um, like interior design or or fashion, like what's a good starting point? Because people are intimidated. Yeah. Wow, oh, I know this is a hard question. I mean, I think. Ooh, follow yeah, you so on hard, Instagram such a hard thing to give like a step sorry. one. Yeah, but they should follow you on Instagram. That's like step one. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think uh, the one thing that I I think we don't do enough of, and I think we've lost, is like this idea of of research. Like, I love nothing more than deep diving. And what happens is when you do research, like you actually like, I mean put things together and you start to build like even a board you start to see things repeat and you're like wow I I really love a dark room I really love a crazy fucking marble I really love it when the lights are dim I really love a hint of gold, whatever you start to see things and they come through I think people want they, they don't want to do the work they don't want to research and understand like what do you actually like and what actually looks good and I think that has gotten away and I, I grew up doing research that's all I ever did is like because we didn't have computers so you had to go going to the library looking at books looking tearing things out putting things together and you start to build this world and you're like oh I love this you can really see it and you can also communicate it and I think we now have this world where we're looking at something flat and we want that thing but that's someone else's thing like what's your thing and like actually taking the time to figure out what your thing is that's the at least to me, that's the fun part. So if you're intimidated, like, there's a lot of really incredible, beautiful information and inspiration out there to, like, actually get yourself sort of honed in on what you love and what you like. And then try to, like, find the connections of what those things are, what's speaking to you. Is it is it the color? Is it, it's a, you know, is it all modern? Okay, that's what you want. Is it a mix of eclectic things? Or is it, like, crazy prints and patterns? Like, whatever it is, you'll start to see a, rep a repetition if you kind of put it all together and keep doing the research. I love that. And I love that especially for queer women or just like queer people in general. We did have a question from a listener who knew we were interviewing you and they specifically wanted to know how you felt about the lesbian tropes when it comes to fashion, like the plat, the flannel, the Carhartt hat of it all. <laughs> I mean, you ever lean into it or just like have fun with it or do a different take on it? How do you feel about it? I mean, I <laughs> like, first of all, I love dressing up yeah. any time of day, anywhere. And I think, and dressing up to me is not, I mean, I think clothes are a visual communication like I've always felt that way it was the reason that I got into fashion was like it was the first time I ever felt any kind of positive feedback was when I started to make my own clothes so like I know the power of clothing and what it can communicate so like I'm like I'm all like I love it I do you know I I'm working with what I've got you know it's like I can't I can't be someone else but um yeah I'm, I I I love it I mean I think it was one of the reasons that I loved going to the cubby hole. It was like you, I, you get a real swath of women all at once, yeah. you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. A real swath. 
<laughs> so we're going to open this up to uh, audience Q&A soon. So start thinking about your questions. And or, I just or wanna, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to preface this with um, I hate Q&As um, because a lot of people like to give their autobiography <laughs> before a question. So keep it to the we'll question, give statements folks. sometimes. Yes. <laughs> just, we know you love her. <laughs> we know she inspired you, right? Just ask the question that everybody hey, I like wants hearing to hear. that stuff. I know. Let her have it. Sure, after the recording. After the kidding, recording. So, so you guys think on that? What's in store for you? What are you up to? What are you looking forward to? Um, I mean, I have my hands in a lot of projects right now. I mean, I, I know I was telling somebody today, and I realized that I should probably not have so many projects as I sound mildly insane. Um, I'm doing a hotel in the Bahamas, so, which is a roundup oh, build, wow. which is, well, it's going to take, I mean, it's been, we've, I've been working on this thing for three years and it's, and we, there was the hurricane and then COVID. So it's going to probably take another yeah. two years. Um, and then I'm, I have a brand of eyelashes called love scene cause I don't have any of my own. So that's great. And we have a really exciting thing happening in February around that. I just did a line of furniture for Roland Hill. Any of you want to buy some really Gorgeous, overexpensive, very expensive furniture. <laughs> um, and I am doing, uh, I do this thing called the expert, which is, um, it's an online, uh, interior design thing and you can just hire me for an hour. You can hire me for two hours. I get people wanting to date. I get people wanting career advice. Oh. It's really funny and fun. It's great. Most people, <laughs> most people want to do interiors, but I get the random, like, so can you look at my website? I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> oh, and then the other ones are like, hey. It's just real chat roulette. So um, what do you think of my, and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> I've had quite a few interesting meetings. Um, and then I also um, am consulting with Rockefeller Center, trying to reinvigorate what the center looks like. So bringing in new stores up there. So if you guys go up there, there's a lot of new restaurants. Um, Todd Snyder, who I used to work with at J. Crew, um, just opened his first store. There's uh, Cool, a bunch of new brands, and it's their first usually their first store, um, brands that really haven't had an opportunity to have access to that kind of real estate before. And um, that's been really fun. And um, yeah, I think that's it. But I know it's a lot, right? Uh, you, you forgot to mention that you right. um, are going... I mean, you're you're open to the idea of being a, a real housewife. That's we're just trying to get that right. on the record. Uh, yeah, we just need well, to. No, this guys wanted to do a we gay can real housewife. So I was like, yeah. yeah, that would be like the L word yeah. is so popular. Why don't we do that? Who else wants to be on it? Yeah. I was talking. Okay, we have Jess Rothschild in the crowd. I was yes. talking about your recent podcast episode that came out today, interviewing Countess Luann de la Seps. And then when I brought that up, you perked up, Jenna. Yeah, you like, watch. I just, I mean, I can't, I can't help it. I mean, I, I I'm down. I, I just, but I, I love the idea of a gay one. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. And you talked to Luann Jess, right, about bringing on uh, queer women onto the cast. And oh, but I want to do an all queer cast. Ooh. Uh, we should get a whole Bravo. Yeah. Oh. I was thinking, like, yeah, like, I don't want to just be an ad. I want to be, like, mm. Okay. Hey, okay, but, like, so, like, Tampa Bay's, but in New York, and, like, classy. Yeah, classy. But messy. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay, call Andy Cohen. We're all going to meet at the cubby hole after okay. this and really <laughs> talk it out. I already have a pitch deck ready. It's great. Oh, my God. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, do we have questions in the ad? All right. Yes. First question in the back there. Lawrence is coming with a microphone. 
Hi, my name is Nat. Fellow Aloha, nice to meet you. Nice to um, meet. As a mom who also came out out of a heterosexual marriage, I want to know when did you think it was the proper time to tell your child, if you did at all, and how has that kind of played a role into your womanhood? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I mean, my son was four and a half when I separated from my husband and started seeing Courtney. We waited a full year to kind of have any level of integration. So there, her, our kids were friends, and we, they, she knew, like my son knew her, so she was only ever in the sphere of my child as, as a friend and the mother of this of, of Coco. Um, and then, you know, I think one of the things that my therapist mentioned is like, don't explain because they don't understand. Just answer their questions, meaning just try to be yourself, do be as as chill as possible, meaning like, I, you know, I'm not like making out in the kitchen, but like if there's affection and there's a question, just answer it. I think, um, you know, I had full transparency with my kid from the very beginning, but he also was always around gay people. I mean, most of, I have a huge network of gay friends. Courtney also had been around him earlier and had been in a relationship, so he'd seen two women together. So it was just sort of like, we just never, it was just part of the, the lexicon. There was never like an explanation or a need to explain it. I think the moment that I, I one of my sort of most prideful moments was um, he was playing games, he plays online, and he, there was this young boy who I know he'd been playing with, and I had met this kid, and, um, and I heard them playing, and I was standing outside, I was just about ready to tell him it was time for dinner, and I heard him having a dialogue with this kid, and he said, um, don't say that, and I, and I was like, what, and he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't want, uh, don't use that word that way, and I, I kind of listened in, and the guy was like, what, the music's gay, and he was like, I don't want you to use that word that way, my mom's gay, and I don't like that. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Raising you know, him right. I know, he thinks so. I think he's, um, he's proud, which is great. Like, really kind of amazing. And um, yeah, I've just never really talked about any difference of any kind within my own sexuality or his or anyone else's. Um, and yeah, I hope he's super open and remains that way. I know it's, it's not easy though, and I understand. I think, um, and, you know, it's harder at school. I think sometimes the kids don't always know what to say, and I think the more you kind of accept yourself and acknowledge and, and take pride in it, I think it gives them the same. Great question. Do we have any more? What? I think you scared oh, people by saying, no. okay. Yeah, don't, don't be scared by me, I'm nice. <laughs> What is your opinion of pantyhose? <laughs> we had an argument about this earlier. Yeah, for, uh, that's my girlfriend, Allie. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> it's your lover. That's the lover, said Allie. It's yes, lover. my yeah. lover, Allie. Where are they on the body? <laughs> okay, Allie's Southern. I'm Southern, and my grandma always taught me that if you're going somewhere fancy, <laughs> that great like if you feel hot yes please like just just be careful about like all the like wear wear them up to here yes that's what i said yeah. the thigh highs okay cool <laughs> up to okay. the boobs okay i mean <laughs> honestly i don't care like 
I think it's like whatever makes you feel good. Like I don't give a shit. Like we, whatever makes you feel good. I my only request is not nude. Oh, so that's what that's what we thought about. Listen, Jenna, we went to a wedding in the south, nope. Um, nope. and she put on nude pantyhose, and I was upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's where I draw the line. Thank they can you, be, they can, Jenna no. Lyons. They can be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you so much. That's how you win that's an so argument. Have you asked an Ali relationship? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Good. Uh, I actually have a question for uh, for this guy in the audience. What kind of babysitter was she? Yeah, he was two. I don't think he remembers. <laughs> what did you hear? She was the best. Oh, they're alive. So that's a great exactly. review right there. That's I mean, five literally, stars. barely. Let me just tell you, there were some moments. She, she's been great, um, you know, ever since then too. Oh, <laughs> Seth, that's so nice cute. <laughs> he was the cutest. Like the cutest, Seth. You I were was. the cutest. You really were. <laughs> <laughs> really. And, and then this happened. <laughs> Horrible. Um, any more questions? All right. Oh, I think we got one more. One more? Oh, oh no, two more. Two more. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm like a little like, this is the first event I've been in post-COVID, so I'm like, oh, yes, this is how we Congrats. use a microphone. <laughs> Welcome. Um, it's okay out here. Hi. I was just wondering like if there's... One, it's kind of a two-part question I think I'm famous for. But um, <laughs> one is if, if you felt that having come out earlier in life would have changed anything in the trajectory of your career or even your personal life, et cetera. And then the second piece of that, is there something massive kind of in your mind that you want to do bef you know, before you decide to close up your creative uh, powerhouse career? Um, I, it's a great question. I think um, I... I do wonder about it, and I have wondered about it. I think, um, particularly because of where I ended up in my career, I think that, you know, there's no question that the way I dressed, the way I presented myself, impacted my ability to do my job, to inspire people at my job, and to get promoted. Like, that is in the mix. And, you know, I have a friend who, you know, went to Smith College. I didn't know what Smith College was, and it was full of, like, gay women, and, like, <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee I would have looked a lot different and on a lot of levels, not just physically, but just like everything. And so, yeah, I have a feeling I would be in a totally different place and who knows, it could have been better. It could have been worse. I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I imagine I probably would not have ended up at, you know, a very American classic brand. I don't know. The ironic thing is if you look at really classically preppy clothes, which is what J. Crew really was when I very first joined, they're kind of gay. Yes, I've talked about this on the yes. podcast. Yes. I grew up in Connecticut around a lot of preppy people. Some of the preppiest girls I went to high school with ended up um, gay or were just lesbians in high school. Like, but, yeah. but even just the out the clothes it's themselves, very like flat gay. front chinos and a button down yeah. shirt with a whale and a and like a belt and like you know like topsiders. I'm like, that's not that feminine. Yeah, um, you know, but it's ironic. But um, yeah, I obviously had a few things to say about that. But um, yeah, I think it's probably, um, I think it would been really different. I don't know where. And then in terms of what do I want to do? I mean, I think, I think I enjoy doing things now that are scary. I think I had a very clear path for a really long time. I woke up for 27 years. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew when I was taking vacation. I knew where my paycheck was coming from. And I don't know any of those things anymore. And I think that I feel really lucky to have the, the opportunity at this stage in my life to be able to do that and to like, you know, be a little scared. It's actually kind of nice. 
Love it. We have one more question, and then you're free. <laughs> Hi. Um, Hi. We, you have a lot going on, and I'm, I'm just curious, how do you relax? What keeps you grounded, centered, and <laughs> always inspired? No, that's a good question. Um, I'm not the best at relaxation. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, the one thing I have been doing recently is I, um, I have been working out every morning and then I meditate for a little bit afterwards. And I say that I meditate, but what I really do is think about things and then talk to myself and then think about things and talk to myself and think to myself and then go back and then know that I'm not doing it right. And then I go back again and I'm like, I know that I'm doing that. And I look at my watch and then I say that I've meditated, but I probably haven't, but I'm trying. Um, and that has really helped though, like having this like half an hour in the morning. I just do half an hour with this group of women and, That is really something I didn't used to do, which is like sort of setting my day. Um, I find that, but I also like really, I'm, I do really love like a, a fucking binge watch. Like I'm all, in, if you guys have not, I watched King, King Richard last night. It was so beautifully done. If you guys don't know, it's the story of um, Venus and Serena Williams and their father and how, what he went through to like, bring them to the level, and it's just a beautifully done film, Will Smith is incredible. I watched that last night. I've binge watched, like, I'm sorry, like, I, I can't help myself. Like, I think I've, everything that Phoebe Waller-Bridge has ever written, I'm like obsessed yes. with her. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, I get down with that stuff. Like, I can literally disappear for like six hours. <laughs> it's amazing. Love it. A well-worn spot, and ice cream works really well, too. Ooh. Yeah. Are you going upstate? I Anymore? sold my house upstate yeah. in the show. Clearly, yeah. you didn't watch that episode. Oh, no, I watched it. I was like, did you get another house? Because I did, but not out there. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the fuck out of that Aww. show. So talk about a binge. It is, I love it. I really oh, love the that's show. That's sweet. That is sweet. <laughs> that is very sweet. Well, we, we did the show with HBO, and they like sort of went through a big transition while that show was happening, so I don't think we're going to do a second season. But yeah. that's okay. It's a lot of work. It's okay. You're, you're going to be busy, busy on Bravo. We're going to do Bravo. we're going to do the Outward Takes Manhattan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Heard it here first. You guys can submit applications after the break. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for coming everybody. Yeah. Thank I mean, you thank so much you. for being here and diking out Ew. and answering all of our questions which you loved every single one of them. That was so yeah, gracious of you. Enjoyed thank it. you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going for Jenna Lyons, everybody. That was the most fun. We talk about it a little bit more about the behind the scenes on our Patreon, patreon.com slash diking out, where we release a whole extra episode where we talk about our lives. Things get juicy, uh, especially on this week's. Yeah, that's at patreon.com slash diking out and you get our off topic episodes and access to all the past off topic episodes. So sign up for that. But now we have to get to our listener question. Let's go. I have an aunt that I am 90% sure is gay, but I don't want to directly ask her. She called off a marriage with a man when she was young and later moved to Alaska, <clears throat> gay, where yeah. she adopted her gay daughter as an adult and has a very butch presentation slash attitude. I just came out to my family as a trans woman, but not technically as a lesbian. I've talked to her a couple times and she definitely understands more things about the queer community than most straight people, but she hasn't said that she's a part of it. 
I was wondering if you have any suggestions for probing cultural questions that I could ask a woman who was born in the 60s to see if she's gay or at least signal that she could talk to me if she doesn't want to tell the rest of our family. Okay. Am I an asshole for thinking uh, that if she adopted a gay adult, I'm like, is that her partner? And she's just lying to everyone and being oh, like, God. This, is, this is my adopted adult. The way, what am I'm, I? I'm a little bit confused yeah, about d- the adopted adult. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even go there. Well, uh, well. I mean, this is adult. Okay. As an adult. As an adult. Uh, anyway, I mean, my my advice is to kind of, like, when you speak to her, just be like, I'm so glad that I can talk openly to you about my identity. And it feels really good that we can uh, have like be honest with each other or whatever. And like just create a safe space and let her know how much uh, you appreciate her listening. You know, maybe call her an ally because if someone called me an ally, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm right there with you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And and I don't know. That's my tip is just like really lean into like how much you appreciate it, but also call her an ally so that she corrects you. That's like a gentle way. That's such a good idea. I wish I'd thought of it. My my go to is like, have you seen the L word? <laughs> I just um, or or no, you can do stuff like that. Be like, so I was watching this show, the L word. Uh, it's on show and start explaining it. And, and then if right. she's like, oh, that's, I know that's the key. You know? Explaining yeah. or assuming that they're yeah. an outsider and yeah. being yeah, overly yeah. explanatory about the culture and seeing the reaction there. Yeah, that's yeah. what we would do. Yeah. And even saying things like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad the family's so accepting, but I really wish that there were more queer people in the family that I could relate to or, th- you know, things like that uh, and, and engage the reaction. I think those are always uh, you can do it without directly asking. Yeah. And that's it. There's not much that's else it. you can do. You can't just like ask someone or I guess <laughs> or I guess my family did to me constantly yeah. growing up. And that only made me not tell them for even longer. So yeah. Melody, are you gay? Didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I will say I, I've had like a situation like this uh, before, like a somewhat relevant situation. And I'm definitely not asking that person. And I'm not going to ask other people about that person but what I did was like I told stories around them about people in similar situations and being like yeah and I think they were just really afraid to come out because of this but then once they did uh, it was so much better and now they're living their best life you know and just having that person kind of nod along and I'm like it's not like they have to tell me it's just like if they're if they are gay or like maybe they need a little something to, to get them there. I'm just like planting these little brain seeds. That's all. Mm-hmm. So if you have a question, please send it to diking out at gmail.com. Put listener question in the subject line and we'll put it in the queue. Uh, follow us on social media at Diking Out. Oh my God, we're at 17,000 on Instagram. That's fun. Uh, thank you, Julia. Julia yes. Burke. Should I shout her out by full name? I don't know. 
Let's do it. You'll know her name soon. She's going to be a star, our intern. We're going to miss her so much. If you've noticed a change in our social media presence, that is all due to her. We love her. It's been so wonderful to have her helping us out with that so that we can focus on other things like thirsting after Jenna Lyons. Oh, wait, did I just say that? (laughs) Not behind a paywall. Oops. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Follow us at Diking Out. Uh, Let's get us to to 20K. Tell your friends. Share share our posts. Share our stories. Tell your gay aunts. (laughs) Please do. Oh, what a that's that's how you tell and be like do you like podcasts oh yeah uh, if you even like find any topic that your gay aunt might be interested i'm sure there's a diking out episode yeah. relevant and suggest <laughs> that episode not for selfish Say, reasons just to get more information out of her and her reaction i know you're not gay but uh you love yeah. tea so listen to this episode exactly perfect you love plants. plants listen to this episode you know there there are a lot of ones to pick from um you know you love strippers episode. <laughs> you love nikki hearts <laughs> hand sex hand sex auntie how do you feel about hand sex uh, <laughs> You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. You can follow me at Melody Kamali. Thanks so much for listening to this very special episode. I'll see you, Dykes, next Tuesday. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.